Lawyers and technologists are now using software tools as means of analysing legal information, including case law, legislation and practice data. Understanding these developments will keep you right up to date with current developments. Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Potential, micro-credentials at the University of Galway. My name is Janice Mulvaney Glennon and I am the lead for micro-credentials here in Galway. And over the next few weeks and months, I will be taking you on a journey of discovery in this podcast through the micro-credentials on offer in Galway. Welcome to our podcast, introducing our Law and Analytics micro-credential. I am delighted to be joined today by Dr. Abigail Rikas to tell us about this module. So, Abigail, you're here to talk to us today. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Dr. Abigail Rikas. I'm an American attorney. My particular area of interest is copyright law and technology. And recently, this means that all I think about is artificial intelligence. I'm also interested in access to justice and technology, which, once again, all I think about recently is artificial intelligence. But my area of research also brings into focus changes to the legal profession and thoughts about how we teach law and how we practice law and how the rest of the world interacts with the legal industry. So just to sort of put this in context, lawyers are by nature or by nurture or some combination of both sort of risk adverse people. And we have been slow adopters of the tools that technological advancements have provided to us. However, COVID-19 brought technological engagement to the forefront of legal practice as much of the day-to-day of legal practice moved online. So while lawyers over the years have adopted some legal tech tools, like you know, word processing and the like, but also legal research tools that are online, Westlaw, LexisNexis, etc. There is more that could be adopted, more that is going to be adopted. There are great opportunities for entrepreneurship in the legal industry. So we were hoping to push lawyers towards being more proactive and creative in considering their overall practice, the day-to-day functioning of their offices, but also with an eye to the long-term goals of their practice and where they would like to position themselves in the market. We want them to consider how technology could be used to improve work product, to make processes more efficient, to decrease mistakes and to provide better services to their clients, as well as considering carefully the risks that come along with these technological advancements. So this area has been growing and profitably. So I'm not sure why these statistics were listed in US dollars as opposed to euros, but I looked up the most recent data on legal tech and I found some pretty big numbers. In 2021, the legal tech market in Europe generated revenues of 6.97 billion, with a B, US dollars, with this projected to be growing by about 10.9% for the period from 2021 to 2027. And so we are looking at a total global legal market of 29.8 billion, growing to 69.7 
So this is a field that is growing. This is an opportunity for people to be placing themselves in positions to be on the cutting edge. So data analytics sounds very scary. It certainly was very scary to me until I realized that it isn't actually. (laughs) Data analytics involves looking at large data sets that can be generated from just about anything, really. Technologists use software tools as a means of analyzing legal information. So Mm -hmm. you can look at how courts have decided on any number of issues, like, for instance, housing law, you know, Mm -hmm. or planning permission. And you can sort of make predictions about what the outcomes might be. So we can use these large data sets to look at case law, legislation, practice data, and they can be a useful tool. So the module uh, explores the use of analytics by lawyers, essentially, or for lawyers. We incorporate insights from the use of analytics in other fields, and we bring in people who are better at the math, statistics, analytic side to explain those with greater clarity than my lawyer brain (laughs) is able to do. So we bring in someone from BIS to explain exactly how we are going to use this data um, and implement this analysis because in this module, students will learn the basics of programming in Python. Excellent. And they will learn how to interact with Panda's data analysis library in order to actually manipulate this data to come to some conclusions mm-hmm. and then to create data visualizations so they can illustrate the conclusions that they've come to to people who don't want to do all the data analytics themselves. <laughs> This learning how to do it Mm -hmm. gives people critical perspective on when it's useful yeah, and when it's not. And also a pretty clear idea about how easy it is to do data scraping, which Mm -hmm. is sort of taking data from non-obvious data sources, you know, looking outside, okay, I've got a list of numbers in a spreadsheet. I need to do some data analysis to I've got a thousand court judgments and I'm looking for a specific question or a piece of this and pulling that into a large data set, um, which can be challenging for sure. Um, And, you know, I think that one of the great things that this course does is develop a little empathy Mm -hmm. for the data scientists with whom (laughs) we interact um, because we really do get a clear idea of what this looks like and how to do it and what's involved. So that's essentially law and analytics is you can learn about when analytics can be useful to your practice, Mm -hmm. the likelihood of being able to get good data, the difficulties involved in cleaning that data to make it clear Mm -hmm. to use. And so this is another hands-on, practical kind of micro-credential mm-hmm. that is going to give you some concrete skills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gathering and um, bringing together all your data is a great way of telling a story, too, using the visualizations and presenting your data in ways that other people can understand. So it's really useful skill to have. So thanks for that. 
And what are the entry requirements or are there any specific entry requirements that you might need besides being over 21? All you need is a degree in Mm -hmm. something. It doesn't require any specific discipline. You don't need a background in computers. You don't even really need a background in law. Mm -hmm. You just have to have a degree in any discipline. Abigail, we are so delighted to have had you here today and no better person for delivering these micro-credentials. So we're hoping that some learners out there will take up uh, these micro-credentials and meet you in person at some point in the future. Um, So thank you very much. Uh, That's the end of our podcast for today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And if you would like to find out more information, please go to our Centre for Adult Learning and Professional Development website, and look up microcreds for more details on how to apply. Thanks to our team, David Stafford, Lonneth McSherry and Gronya McGrath for their expertise on producing this podcast. Join us next time for another micro-credential. <laughs>